today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's uh, the mini town hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger will join us uh, in just a couple of seconds and talk about a number of things that are going on in the community, and none the least of which, of course, has to do with uh, rapid transit and uh, bus transit and a number of other things. It was a very busy meeting at Hamilton City Council yesterday, and uh, to that end, we are pleased to welcome back to the program Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing today? Great, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Let's talk a little bit about a lot of, of, of things that we got yesterday from the meeting, and I want to get into LRT and a couple of other things in a few seconds. But uh, first, an update. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Dr. Richardson on the program uh, the other day talking about the vaccination program, and uh, she was concerned that, about a mini shortage of the Pfizer vaccine, but it looks as if, notwithstanding that, uh, that the program is moving along pretty well here in the city. It is, and, uh, you know, we're, we're accelerating the, uh, the second doses. Uh, I believe we have uh, certainly enough supply on the short term to, uh, to make sure that uh, everyone that uh, has a booked appointment will get the, uh, the, get the vaccine. And, uh, you know, I anticipate that uh, more and more uh, Moderna and Pfizer will be coming, and that's certainly the overtures we're hearing from the, uh, the federal government. So uh, hopefully the supply issue is, is, you know, very, very, very temporary and that uh, we get back to ramping up the, uh, the the first doses, second doses. So about 76% of our population has had a first dose, and, um, you know, and the, the amount of second doses is, uh, you know, hovering around the 27 28% and, and climbing. And so that's all good news. And uh, you know what? The, uh, the vaccination centers are working spectacularly well. Everything I hear from individuals that have been there, Really appreciate the efficiency and the upbeat attitude uh, for folks there. Not everybody is keen about getting a needle, but the reality is that uh, this is the best way that we can get to a further opening of our province if we get more and more and more people fully vaccinated. So I'm uh, I'm pleased that uh, Diane and I got our vaccine a couple of weeks ago, um, and uh, you know what? Many many more people are uh, booking their second appointments much much earlier than previously anticipated and that's uh, that's good news and the quicker this happens the uh, the better off we're going to be uh, over the summer i know that number of 20 to 25 uh, percent of fully vaccinated people is really not an impressive number but i would anticipate mr mayor that's going to increase significantly uh with the fact that hamilton was declared a hot spot and, and of course vaccines are more readily available now yeah exactly and uh, the, you know that number is uh, you know going up daily so uh, so that percentage and you know that 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 includes uh 50% of our youth uh, have had a, a single dose as well and we anticipate that uh, 100% of them will likely be vaccinated by by the time the summer ends so it's moving along uh you know we uh, it can't happen fast enough for uh, for most of us but uh, supply is still the the ultimate limitation but the reality is that supply is better than it's been uh, right from the beginning of this vac- uh, 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 pandemic. And right now we're, uh, we're moving very, very quickly to get everything into arms as quickly as we can. I, I, I would hope that uh, the opening would, would also start to happen uh, a little quicker as well. We, you know, we're, we're, at the, we're almost at the third stage, you know, parameters in terms of opening. However, uh, this Delta variant still is out there and is of concern and, and certainly could, could be something that uh, might stifle that a little bit. But I think on the short term, we're probably going to hear some, uh, some renewed uh, calls for opening uh, by the medical officer of health, and I hope that's true. And then everybody can get their hair cut and their nails done, and, and hopefully some restaurants can get a little bit more capacity to help them along through, this, uh, through these challenging times. 
Well, as I say, we'll have that updated about 10.15 this morning, and of course the Premier will make it official, I, I guess, later on this afternoon. Uh, let's talk about a couple of other things that you and Council dealt with yesterday. Uh, a rather controversial issue that's not new to Hamilton, but uh, it's urban boundary expansion. Uh, the city is growing, and, and the projected numbers here are, are significant over the next little while. And, and the argument, just to, I guess, to bring it to its lowest common denominator, as you know, Mr. Mayor, is usually, okay, are we going to grow out or are we going to grow up? And uh, it, it seems as if some people are polarized on either one or the other in situations like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Council's looking for, a, a, I guess, a second opinion on this. Explain to us what happened yesterday. Yeah, I think the uh, Councillor Clark and myself actually got together and thought that, uh, you know, on some, some of the major big decisions that we've, uh, we've done in the past, we've had a peer review. Uh, so, uh, you know, the contract for the airport, for instance, and the downtown precinct, other things, uh, you know, lots of major kind of decisions get peer-reviewed. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's a good thing that either confirms the assumptions and the kind of critical analysis that was done in terms of the land need assessment. And uh, so we look forward to that happening, uh, hopefully in tandem with the process that we're working through. And, yeah, there's, uh, there's going to be a great debate. Uh, the survey is out uh, in the broader community. People can have their say in terms of the various options that are out there. One of them is what we call the, um, the staff have called the ambitious uh, intensification option, which I think, uh, you know, if we think back to the previous you know, urban uh, grids process, it actually identified more significant development in, in your city that actually didn't happen, didn't come to pass. And so, uh, you know, there's, the, there's always that balancing act of uh, how much greenfield do you take up or do you take up any, and how much intensification do you do uh, in the inner city. I, I, I'll, I'll hearken back to LRT. Uh, the, you know, 50% of the motivation around LRT is to inspire inner city development, housing and commercial in, in a, in a, on the existing infrastructure and in the existing boundary of our city and so urban sprawl is a problem is a challenge the more you spread out the, the more fiscally challenging it becomes the less sustainable it is the more services you have to provide if you contain that and provide a, a more intense uh, inner city development then uh, you're you're actually going to be containing some of your costs and doing it more cost effectively so we're going to have that great debate uh, we're asking people in the broader community to uh, to have their say as well and this peer review will hopefully Either confirm or or, or find find you know any any holes in the assumptions that the previous consultant did in terms of the work in terms of determining what the land needs assessments are going to be in the future. So I'm looking forward to that uh, that whole process. What is the time frame for that? Well, I believe to to get it all done by July of 2022, which is the outside deadline, I believe a decision uh, for council needs to be made sometime in October November. Uh, then all the, 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 the fallout of that can, can be put in place and that will then ultimately meet the provincial timelines. Because you, as you make that decision, there's an appeal process and there's a potential LPAT uh, challenges that, that come through all of that. All of that has to be done by July of 2022. So in, uh, in October or November this year, a final decision needs to be made as to what direction we're going to take, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll see through the challenges and everything else that might happen thereafter to meet the provincial timeline. You've been through a few of these in your time, uh, Mr. Mayor. I, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that there's going to be a challenge no matter what decision council makes. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, we have people that are, you know, determined that uh, there, there should be no, uh, no urban boundary expansion at all, no, no matter what. Um, you know, and there's a, there's an argument to be made for that, I think, at some level. 
Although, uh, you know, in, in past, uh, you know, processes, even though we've set pretty high ambitious uh, urban development intensification targets, uh, they haven't been met. And the question becomes, do we have enough land space to accommodate the 200,000 people that's expected to arrive here by 2050? Um, that's an issue that we need to, uh, to kind of wrap our heads around. Uh, we can't uh, just manufacture housing space you know, at the at, at the, you know a snap of the finger, this takes some long-range planning to be able to pull that together. And so that's what this is all about. This is all about looking down the road, understanding what the projections are, and these are projections. We haven't necessarily met the previous projections, so there's a, a little grain of salt that we have to add to that. But the reality is, we need to do the long-term planning to ensure that uh, we we are in good, sustainable shape going forward, that we're able to provide housing for the people that come here and provide all the services that people demand when that housing actually arrives, like rec centers and parks, roadways, public transportation, all the things that are necessary to make a city function properly. So that's uh, that's a long-range planning issue that uh, we have to decide on on the short term. And, uh, you know, that short term is upon us. And, uh, you know, it, we do a review every five years. This is the uh, the five-year cycle. And so this is uh, an opportunity to, uh, for, the, for citizens and the uh, community at large, as well as the elected body and staff, to come together and come up with a solution that fits all the parameters of uh, what the future is going to be looking like. Uh, you mentioned LRT just a minute ago, Mr. Mayor, and of course that vote also occurred at the meeting uh, the, the other day, which basically mm-hmm. I mirrored the vote from the week before at the committee meeting, uh, 9 to 6, to move on with the uh, the, the discussions to go on now, the memorandum of understanding that, that uh, you're moving forward on now. How far mm-hmm. down the road are you with the, with this project right now? What are the time frames looking like? Is, uh, it, council, it still has to come back to council, that's my understanding. Yeah, one more one more go around to council for the, the MOU. And, you know, the interesting part is that we've had an MOU in place since the project was announced in 2015, uh, approved by council, uh, negotiated with the province of Ontario. Uh, and essentially, the, the MOU that's going to come back is going to be pretty much the same. There might be some variations, some date changes. Uh, but but the in terms of the obligations for all the parties involved, uh, the province has already confirmed that they're committed to their portion of the funding uh, and the federal funding as well. They're committed to any overage costs if the, co- you know, the contracts go over the, uh, the anticipated estimates. Uh, they're the co- uh, uh, committed to the life cycle costs uh, in, in the, of the project, and that uh, will be their responsibility for the next 30 years. And they've uh, also confirmed that, uh, as, as the previous, previous MOU did, that the city of Hamilton is responsible for the day-to-day operations, which we had, uh, you know, a good discussion around uh, the last uh, GIC meeting, and certainly confirmed at council yesterday that the overall operating cost is almost virtually zero when you think about all the revenue and and some of the uh, incentives that we're going to remove are all taken away, and some of the service that's currently there that would be replaced by an LRT. You take that all out of the picture. Your $20 million uh, anticipated operating cost actually whittles down to $6.5 million, and that $6.5 million is easily offset by some of the incentives that we're, we're going to remove because we're, we're bringing an LRT that's going to be a fantastic incentive for people to do development along the corridor. So, you know, a virtual, uh, virtual offsetting cost not including, uh, and this is a really big issue, 
uh, the additional tax revenues that come with the inner city development that we're, we're hoping will happen, not unlike what happened in Kitchener-Waterloo. We've already zoned the entire corridor, so previous council had uh, had indicated that we needed to do an interim control bylaw, which basically froze the entire corridor from a planning perspective, so no zoning or change applications were allowed for a year, as we pre-planned the entire corridor to get the kind of development we want so that we don't end up with car lots or things that uh, we, we don't think have added value to an LRT. That All of that work has been done, and I anticipate that the MOU will likely come back to us for the August meeting for final ratification. Uh, i got about a minute, minute and a half left here, and there's other, one other question, because this is a news story that we carried just a few days ago, and I've received a ton of emails about this asking for some clarification. Uh, you know, of course, as chair of the Police Services Board, uh, that they released their numbers and uh, their final numbers, of course, for their budget, and there was a budget surplus uh, for the police services here. Uh, I had a number of people asking, why doesn't that money go back into general revenue, and why are they keeping it? Maybe you could explain that process, Mr. Mayor. Well, it's a pretty common accounting process, quite frankly. The city does it uh, every day. We have reserves for, for you know, numerous issues that uh, that come up over over the uh, you know the years, uh, capital projects, other things that uh, you you need dollars for to ensure that we we have the dollars in reserve. So, so the police services has a reserve like anyone else. Uh, you know, any, any business would generally have a reserve of some sort of of of, uh, of kind to be able to. Uh, you know, deal with the rainy days or budget fluctuations and all of those sorts of issues. So this uh, this surplus was, uh, you know, by virtue of uh, some offsetting funding that was provided by the province to uh, help with the COVID. And so the, uh, the surplus will be put into a reserve, and that reserve will help uh, offset some of the future capital costs for things like a proposed uh, new police station in Lambert, uh, which has been long awaited and, and has been on the books. And Certainly, is something that uh, that is going to be necessary into the future, and so future projects need need money, and some of that money is uh, is being set aside for those future projects, and that's typical accounting, something that the city does every day, that uh, most businesses do every day in terms of looking after their future capital needs, and it's certainly something that the police services is doing, which I think is prudent fiscal practice. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Mr. Mayor, as always, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll stay in touch as uh, these things develop over the next little while. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Bill. Have a great Take day. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.